Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused on Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, looking to open a new location, or opening the first location in the Charleston area, give Lane Commercial Real Estate a call at 843-508-3038 or go to the website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, the podcast where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of Building Charleston and the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate company representing Charleston's office, industrial, and retail tenants with their commercial leases. We are recording this podcast on October 25th, 2019, from the offices of Lane Commercial Real Estate here in Mount Pleasant. South Carolina. To note Charleston, it's a know it's a boating community. Everyone down here has a boat. What you might not know is Charleston has a growing tech scene to go along with that. Today we're going to bring both boating and technology together, so hopefully everyone likes that. Uh, if you can get a picture of a Coast Guardman, you know, leading Charleston's next tech super company, uh, this next guest is straight out of Central Casting. His name is RJ Yellitz. RJ, welcome to the Building Charleston podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. So let's get warmed up here. Let's stretch our legs. Or let's get our sea legs under us uh, for maybe a different term. If you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about your background and how you arrived in Charleston. So my name is RJ Yellitz. Uh, I was raised in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I uh, joined the Coast Guard when I was roughly right before I turned 19 years old. Served six years in the United States Coast Guard. I did my last two here in Charleston. Decided to get out, attend the Citadel, and here I am. Awesome. So why join the Coast Guard? Is it, uh, is it? In all honesty, I, uh, I graduated high school and I went to Coastal Carolina for biology to be a pharmacist and I absolutely hated it. Okay. So uh, about two semesters in, I was like paying for college myself and I'm like, this is a waste of money and my time. Drove down to Charleston, signed up for the Coast Guard and um, crazy story, someone failed a drug test. So instead of a two-year wait, it was a two-week wait. So I had to go home and tell my parents, like, hey, I'll see you guys in, a, in about eight months <laughs> going to boot camp. So Life's a game inches, yeah, huh? Eight weeks, yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny. Cool. And then what did you do in the Coast Guard? So I was a machinery technician, which is also a diesel mechanic slash electrical technician. I maintained ships. I also was a boarding officer, did law enforcement. I did uh, fisheries violations, helped sea turtles, sea life. I mean, you name it, I was a lion swimmer, jumped off the boat, search and rescue. Okay. So a pretty wide variety career. That makes for, I'm sure, some interesting stories when I'm watching, uh, you know, the news or maybe a documentary and they, they show the boardings at, uh, you know, maybe it's like a drug vessel or something like that. It's pretty intense stuff. Do you have any unique stories from, you know, from your time doing a boarding or something like that? 
would say our uh, craziest time we did. So the cartel, most people don't don't understand this. They actually buy fishing boats and send them into the U.S. waters to fish our waters because Mexican waters are overfished. Okay. So we would go down there. We were down there in uh, South Padre Island for about three months and just watching these men handline 80-pound grouper in American waters like with no fishing rods, no nothing. I'd get on the boat like, hey, what are you guys doing? They would have over 4,000 pounds of fish with no fishing rods. Wow. Blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> so it just goes to show how good of a society we live in compared to what they're doing down sure. there. Sure. So as you stand right now, you're finalizing your degree, as I understand it? I am. I have uh, this semester and then two classes next semester at the Citadel, and I'll officially be a mechanical engineer graduate. So, All right. Yeah. Well, here's, here's to me, where, where your story gets interesting, and right, you know, I like to dive into you know, what you're working on right now. You're going to be an engineer. As I understand it, engineers are uh, pretty high demand. I imagine they probably can uh, you know, consume a decent paycheck, relatively stable life, but you're, gonna, you're choosing a path that seems to be less traveled with your co-captain app. So that's why you're here. Tell us uh, you know, a little bit about the co-captain app and, and what it is. Well, I could have been an engineer and you know, living comfortable. If you live comfortably, do you live at all, honestly? Good point. So here I am. Um, I was actually about two years ago when I got out, I spent the summer doing inspections for my girlfriend's parents, their, her friend's parents, making sure their boats were ready to go for the summer. And what I found was this, found the same thing was when I was in the Coast Guard. Most people know how to boat, drive a boat, but the last thing on their mind is safety. So whether they had the gear or they didn't have the gear, the gear was expired, it wasn't expired. I was sitting there, I was like, how can we solve this problem? So I was actually studying Calculus 3 over at the Citadel Library one day. And I was like, well, there's technology, there's safety, no one's brought the two together on a boat. How can we simplify, you know, boaters' lives or and maybe even save a life? So I was like, why don't we develop an app that's automated? It will, you basically type the length of your boat in, you know, some other information, the horsepower, where you're using it. It auto-compiles everything required from the government for your boat, populates it, and then also sends you alerts when stuff's expired. Okay. So is, you know, as, as I'm kind of visualizing this, is it kind of like a Geico app for your boats where it's got your insurance and kind of your requirements or, you know, it, it is, it's, um, well, that's what we're shooting for. So right now, like, okay, you can have your insurance stored on your boat as long, along with your registration, you know, your title and whatnot. And you also can have a weather app mm-hmm. and you can also have all your safety gear. So basically here at the co-captain, we try to combine it all into one, make it user friendly. Yeah. And our, someone's not opening nine different apps you know, it gets the stress when law enforcement's on their boat shaking. Sure. It is literally all in one spot. So if compliance says that I need, uh, you know, seven life jackets for a boat of this size, the co-captain app's going to tell me, hey, you need to have the this many life vests on the boat. Yeah. And so most people don't know, like, okay, if you have eight people on the boat, you're, you're required eight life jackets. Our app, if you, if you go off of it, it's going to ask how many people does your boat hold? So if it says 10 people the app will recommend 10 life jackets because you can never be overprepared. Sure. So basically, yes, you'll be overprepared, but like, what's the problem with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what was the, you know, that like inspirational moment? It sounds like you're in the library, but uh, you know, people have inspirational moments, you know, all the time. Was there a, was there a moment where you said, okay, I've got to, I see the opportunity, I see the path, but I really got to do this. Well, I mean, I believe the only failure in life is, you know, the failure not to try at all. I've done a few internships, no company's name, and I, I love being an engineer. It's definitely my passion, but I also found out when I was in the Coast Guard, I, I had the 
you know, an opportunity to rank up fairly fast and I enjoyed motivating others and, you know, developing them. And I was like, why don't I try to develop my own company and, you know, create something great. And I came up with an idea and I looked around and did, you know, hours of research and nothing like this has come out on the market before. And I was like, well, we have an opportunity here. Let's see if we can go with it. So. Wow. Well, you, you've got good customer traction, which we'll talk about, uh, you know, later on. So if I understand it correctly, you are a non-technical founder, correct? You have, you've never programmed an app before? Uh, I know a little about programming through engineering. Anybody out there listening to engineering understands, like we use, you know, MATLAB and C++, but, you know, Python and all the front end, I, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm so, completely lost on that. Okay, so this is, but this is interesting, right? Because I think everybody out there has got an idea, right? They have, a, you know, an idea for an app here. I, you know, I have a software background, so people come to me often and they say, oh, if we could just build this or just build that. So everyone, a lot of people have ideas, but very few people actually go from idea stage to, to actually having a, a functional app that people are not only downloading but paying for. How did you go from having an idea with a, a high-level compute skill set to actually having a product? So funny story is I, I, I did my research and I started calling around app companies and whatnot. And I realized, okay, I'm an engineer. I might not be the brightest business star out there. So you can't do anything on life on your own. You, you know that you've developed a company. So I was like, let me find a good business partner. So I reached out to a project management professor at the Citadel and pitched my idea to him. And it took him about three weeks and he, he got back to me. He's like, this could be incredible, and it will be if we do this together. And I agreed with him. So he, he helped me write a business plan and like where we saw our vision going and basically how the steps that need to be taken to get where we are today. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to go out and pitch to other app companies, not necessarily if I pay them with money, but I also can partner with them. Now, we called about 20 to 30 app companies throughout the entire U.S. So anyone, like I wouldn't. Right there is an example. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to call one and they're going to be like, okay. Well, we also were like, well, we started with big app companies, which was probably my mistake. We we live in Charleston. We're like, why don't we find someone else in Charleston and try to keep this local? So we met Larry Collette down in Charleston at a Starbucks, and I did the same thing to him that I did to my business partner. I pitched the idea to him, and about two weeks later, he calls back and he said, "Hey, I understand you're in college. You're a veteran." You're bootstrapping this. Let me in on this and let's do this together. And that was two years ago. So yes, it's been a slower process. It wasn't like the app was developed overnight, but we wanted to take our time and get the product right. Yeah. <laughs> if you understand that. Sure. Sure. So it, it was a two and a half year project. A lot of, yep. you know, a lot of prayers and a, a lot of pushing. Otherwise, I was just going to be going and sit at a desk and do some boring engineering stuff. So, <laughs> so, so where is the, the app now then? You've been working on it for two and a half years. It sounds like it's been launched. Tell, you know, tell us about where it is right now. So right now, the app is fully developed for iOS, which is Apple. Um, we're currently in the works. Within the next month or so, it'll be ready for Android. Um, we wanted to get everything right on one platform before you jump to the next. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with coding or anything. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that, and then um, right now the app has it's fully functional. It, it tracks your tides, your weather, it lets you know the sun's setting. So, like, hey, the sun's setting, turn on your navigation lights. It sends you pop-up notifications. It'll be like, hey, your flare expires in 30 days. Also, it tracks insurance, registration, your fishing license. It has over 27 layers of weather mapping. Wow. So you want to know the wind speed, wind direction, you can look anywhere in the United States. It also has educational videos on there, and it also stores as many boats as you want. Mm-hmm. So say you and your family member, you know, you guys purchase a boat together, 
you can check the app out on my boat and share the app. And he can like, oh, you know, you get a lot of dang it. He took the boat out again. I wanted to take it. You know, you'll know before you even call the marina. So. Cool. So there's a lot of different uses for this. And, you know, you had mentioned before about your own personal life and, you know, and boarding. I have to imagine that having the co-captain app, if, if I were to get boarded and I, you know, as a, as a younger man on a lake in Wisconsin, was, you know, a, a good friend of mine, we were tooling around on the boat. It was his boat and we got pulled over. Thank God we had, uh, you know, all the right you know, stuff there, but would having the co-captain app uh, facilitate a smoother transaction? Or so that, smoother? that's clearly my vision for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, boat safety has been around since the 40s, you know, 50s when outboards first, you know, hit the main scene and inboards. And my goal is eventually to have it where I have enough customer bases, my technology is proven, it's developing over time. Mm-hmm. And basically the Coast Guard or DNR or FWC, whoever they pull up to and be like, Hey, Matt, I see you're a member of the co-captain because they see a sticker or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You could pull up all their information instead of the, you having to pull out, you know, all 15 required safety items. They're just do a spot check. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier for you and your family and also be easier for law enforcement. Instead of them taking an hour to do one boarding because you're scrambling around on your boat. Looking for everything. Looking, looking for everything. Yeah. They know that you're paying your monthly fees for the co-captain. They actually care about yourself and others on the water. So the boarding will go from potentially 30, 45 minutes down to 15. So now you're having more fun that day and they're also getting more boardings done and making sure, you know, someone who's getting a BUI and we're more worried about that than someone who doesn't have life jackets. Gotcha. Makes total sense. Well, let's keep going down um, some, you know, some of the app details and some of the boating industry stats. So high level, how, how many recreational boats are there in the United States? Approximately, according to last year, 2018, there's 15.8 million registered boats and that is on the rise every year. Wow. And then how many of them are, you know, here in South Carolina or Charleston? I don't know. South Carolina, there's approximately 500,000, which is a lot compared to our population. Mm-hmm. And in the Charleston area, it's estimated 30 to 40,000 registered boats. Wow. And that's not including people who will use the app for just tides, kayaking, canoeing. I mean, not all those boats are registered, but you mm-hmm. still need a life jacket. And, you know, if you're going out at night, you still need, you know, navigation lights. Yeah, five hundred thousand. You know, seems like a you know a lot, but I, I swear everyone down here has two point two boats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think about so, Florida, man, one point <laughs> eight million. Wow. You know, something that we haven't talked about before, and it just kind of popped in my head. So I'll catch off the spot here. Does having the co-captain app uh, affect your insurance? Would it, it bring your insurance down? Like I said, that's so. Right now, we have we're we basically are post product pre revenue. We're okay. a brand new idea, and it's kind of hard implementing a new idea in society, especially when most boat owners are past the app stage. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically bringing boat safety into the 21st century, which I want to say I'm the first one to do that because Mm -hmm. people have developed, you know, advanced life drafts, life jackets, but no one's actually took the technology and said, Hey, let me apply this to actually tracking all this gear to make sure it's in place when it's supposed to be. Okay. And I, I foresee it one day, hopefully, I mean, if you're safer, just like your car, if you have extra side airbags, you get you know deductible on your insurance. So maybe we can partner up down the road. We, we track when your insurance expires. Why couldn't we give you a quote through the app? Sure. So let that uh, ring out there to all the podcast listeners. If you're listening to this and you you, know, you specialize in boat insurance and you want to uh, you want to partner with someone, I'm sure RJ would be uh, more than willing to take your call. Bring them on. Bring them on. So a business question. You know, boats are you know a luxury item. Do you see your business as being recession proof, or if you know the economy took a downturn, would would there so, be? I definitely could foresee maybe we won't get more members mm-hmm. and we might take a hit on our, you know, annual subscriptions. But according to, you know, my research, 
yes, boat manufacturers will definitely take a hit. No one's going to be ordering that $500,000 center console anymore. But a lot of the registered boats are 21 feet and smaller and already paid off. So during times of hardship, what would be more fun than taking your family out on the boat? Something's already paid off. Maybe you still can pay for your mortgage, but you know you can't just get rid of everything. Life goes downhill. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but well, you know these boats just weren't sitting in the demolition yard getting destroyed. Someone was buying them. Up, sure. So sure, the, the manufacturers might take a hit. The resale market, the prices may drop. But and, and I, you, you know my pricing. I'm yeah. fa- fairly cheap. It's three mm-hmm. gallons of gas for the year. So mm-hmm. and especially for. Say the mom and you know dad buy the, the son, the 15-foot center console. Well, they can use the app to track to make sure all his safety gear is going out. Yep. I foresee it like still leveling off. Because it is reasonably priced. What is it if I wanted to download the app? How much does it cost? Uh, $2.99 a month, basically $36 for the year, which everyone knows it's about $20 a foot to keep your boat at the marina. Yeah. And it has, yes, sure, it's storage, but it's not keeping you safe. So in the grand scheme of things, of your boating costs, it's a, it's a nominal piece for Yeah, for if everyone jumps on board, like you were saying, Matt, I mean, who knows? You might get an insurance deductible down the road and it pays for itself pays in the long run. I think that's one of the true hidden, you know, hidden values of this app. So you know, what's one thing that CoCaptain offers that you know, nobody else offers in the boating app world? There's a lot of things it offers, but yeah. I mean, I, I would say the one thing is you know, the reliability of technology to make sure you know you're safe. I mean... Sure, you can sit there and be like, hey, I had eight life jackets a month ago. Hey, I had this. Or you can have an app and be like, hey, check your life jackets. Hey, check this. Hey, check that. That way, when you're 50 miles offshore and if something does go wrong, you're ready. You're, you know, All your gear is current. Everything's ready and you're ready to roll. So. Okay. So let's move a little bit from the boating industry to the tech industry. As a young company, you've, you've launched the product. You have paying customers at this point. Full disclaimer for any future-looking statements, or, or uh, this is not a show that is geared towards uh, you know capital raising and, and making recommendations or whatnot. So you know if there's a disclaimer out there that needs to be read, just consider it read. Google okay. it. Um, we're, we're not making any uh, recommendations, investments, but I think it's important to tell the you know the tech story. Um, you know for your company, you're getting ready to you know to start raising money. Charleston, we call ourselves a Silicon Harbor as opposed to the Silicon Valley. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, makes your company you know investable, if you will. Are you are you a B2B company or are you a B2C company? So currently, that's our biggest issue. When we're, we're, we literally just started seeking investors to take this large scale. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the Silicon Harbor and Charleston is mostly a B2B city. Mm-hmm. That's what people know. That's what they're comfortable. We're right now a business to customer, B2C. And eventually, as you we've already stated, you know, selling to insurance companies, you know, partnering with CETO, I mean, developing new life jackets. Like, we will be to a B2B, but we need to get there. Mm-hmm. I would say the hardest thing right now is finding, you know, B2C funding in this small, new tech city, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a uh, challenge, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, but as a product, you're, you are post-product, you're post-revenue also? You're starting yeah, to yeah. I mean, we, we basically took in some revenue post-beta testing to, you know, get a scale of what people would pay. What they, we, we were just trying to be as prepared as possible mm-hmm. when we were pitching to obtain some new, new capital to grow. Sure. So, so are your customers just in Charleston, or are you taking on customers nationwide? We, uh, I would say the southeast. Okay. We have a couple in New York, a couple in Florida, most in Charleston, some in the Myrtle Beach, North Carolina border area. Is the product built to be nationwide, or can you just use it? It's nationwide, okay. and if this thing blows up, it does have the potential to even go overseas. A okay. lot of foreign countries, I mean, you flip a switch, change the language on the app, and a lot of foreign countries even have the same standards we do. 
Okay. So, so, so if I'm listening, so we have we have listeners in about forty different states now. If if I'm listening to this in in California or New York or Maine, yeah, I, I can download it, the it, app it'll, it'll download the app and it'll work. Um, definitely right now, since we're in such an early stage, and I have so few coders working with me, check your local laws because we are federal. So some states require boater's license. Some states require you know thicker light jackets from when mm-hmm. it's cold. We don't track that yet. We will in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's baby steps, as you know, in a tech yep. company. That's why you raise that capital. Yeah, exactly. That's why I raise that capital to make sure you are you are ready. So yeah, so you talked a little bit about it. But let's talk a little bit more. You know, your early conversations with the venture capital. What kind of responses you know have you have you received? I've actually received incredible responses, and you know, my I pitched it to him in my pitch deck, and most of the time it was a setup for a five to ten minute meeting, and it would go forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, it's out of their realm. And I wouldn't say who I spoke to is nervous about it, but it's more along the lines of them pitching it to who would actually be investing. Mm-hmm. So I've basically been playing the round robin. I feel like I'm in a video game. And I keep getting to that next level. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad analogy. No, this so, is you know, I just pray every night. I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But yeah, I've gotten incredible responses. I've gotten a few suggestions how to switch things up. And, you know, I'm always willing to take that advice. This is a new product. So. Yeah, you got. You might have an idea that I haven't thought about yet. So that's where we're at. It's, it's just I want to keep it in the local area, and I do. Hey, who knows? This could be the biggest thing to come out of Silicon Harbor, and that's that's what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. I want to keep it here. Yeah, I could go to like you know we discussed San Francisco or Chicago or New York and, and pitch it, but it'd be a lot cooler to see that co-captain you know billboard over the horizon in Charleston one day. Like, hey, we did it. Amen. I, I'm a fan of this app. I think it is very cool. And again, to be in Charleston, to live by the water, to know how many people have boats and to really look around after RJ was telling me about his app. There really isn't anything out there like this. Um, so, it, you know, it makes a ton of sense. I'm a fan. We're cheering for it. I hope, uh, hope a, year, you know, a year from now we'll get you back on the show and you can tell us about all the, you know, all the successes you've had. So let's, bring, let's start bringing this home, uh, bringing the home stretch here. we got about three more questions. If I'm a listener to this podcast, I wanted to use the co-captain app. Where would I go to download it? So you can easily visit us at cocaptain.com. Website was just all redone this week. I don't know if you've taken a look at it. Not, not last few days. Okay. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Um, you can click there. for. You can still download for Android. It's not fully functional. It'll show up on your phone. Like Full disclaimer, it'll, it'll show up. It has a lot of glitches, but iOS is ready. You can either go to the Apple App Store, go to our website, or just email me directly. Visit Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or okay. on them all. So. Okay. And for those out there, it is there are two P's in the in the name, right? Yeah, it's co-captain. Yeah. Co-captain. We were trying to be, you know, cliche. Get the app in there. I can some it. people get it, some people don't. All right. We'll see where it takes us. All right. Next question: if, I, if I'm listening to this and I want to get involved with co-captain, so I'm a you know I'm a coder in the Charleston area. I am an investor. I am someone who is good at business development. I am a marina in Charleston who's selling a lot of boats, and they want to put together a you know a partnership or a package that involves the you know the co-captain. For their new sales, how how would they get in touch with you? What's the best way to get involved? Well, clearly, no one has a pen and pencil right now. Right, right now, writing down my personal information. Yep. So, I'd say their best bet is just go to our website. There's a contact us button. You'll get either me, my COO, or the CTO right now directly. Um, we'll respond within a couple hours on average. So, I would say definitely the website. And if you can't, if for some reason we don't get the email there, just go on Facebook. Send me a message. I control that page currently myself right now. So okay, literally direct contact. All right, and 
I will, you know, to the listeners out there, I will make sure that all of RJ's contact information is in the uh, the notes to the show. So good. Good. So here we go. So last question, RJ, you're, you live in Charleston. You are currently putting a big footprint on, uh, on what the, the boating scene and the tech scene looks like. Trying. 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 Well, you're doing a good job so far. So let me ask this, you know, what is your vision for Charleston, South Carolina as we move forward? Well, the name of this podcast is Building Charleston. And uh, I already previously stated I would love to keep this in Charleston. I see Charleston being, you know, the next big tech city on the East Coast. It's got beautiful weather, beautiful people, happy people, beautiful city. I'd like to stay here. I really do foresee, you know, Charleston being the biggest city in South Carolina, if not the Southeast, and hopefully the next decade or two. I mean, that's my plan. I like Everybody's it. plan might be different. That's so, okay. Listen, I mean, very personal. I've lived here for, you know, quite some time now. So That's the, the beauty of taking a path less traveled. You can make those dreams come true. And, you know, what you're doing here, I think Co-Captainac takes off and you get the resources to make that happen. There's no reason that... Uh, your dream doesn't come true with co-captain being a you know big yeah. Part like of I said, man, the only failure I believe in life is like just failure. Just don't do it at all. How do you even know you, you failed if you haven't tried it? There you go. So. Well, this is a man who's getting out there, and so you know this typically leads me into the the portion where I have my you know my building Charleston and pro tip. This week's pro tip is RJ. Let me you know kind of roll right into this, but it's be fearless. Uh, you know, you only get one chance to be fearless you know, one or two chances in your life. And RJ's doing it, man. This guy is totally fearless. Uh, you know, he's a man who took on some pretty challenging missions at sea when he was in the Coast Guard. He lived to tell about it. He is another off-ramp to, you know, take maybe a you know an easier path. And now he's like, no, no, I'm taking, you know, the path that I want to take. It takes a lot of courage to, to do what he's doing. You're building something that's never been built before, something you might not know how to do. Uh, this is a fearless man. So all of us who are listening this week can take a little bit of a, uh, that in our life, be fearless with what we do. I think you'll be happy with it. So this week, uh, as always, the podcast is sponsored by Pop Popcorn. Another fearless person, Carmen Moody, who started Pop Popcorn. When we started uh, this podcast and she became a sponsor, she only had one retailer. Uh, it was over on Boone Hall. Uh, now she has, I believe she's in eight different locations across the Charleston area. And she's got a few more accounts. I think she's very close to uh, to closing. So Big uh, thank you and a big congratulations to Pop Popcorn. RJ, I got a bag of popcorn here from you. In full disclosure, you had two bags of popcorn, <laughs> and I ate one the other day. So you're eating so all my brain food. I am not your brain. Get these well, deals well, I, can't, I, can't, I can't focus if, uh, if I don't have my popcorn either. So uh, so there so you go. <laughs> so yeah, there's your popcorn. Um, if you like this episode and you want to hear more, please like the podcast and subscribe. The Building Charleston podcast publishes each week or just about each week, and we have some more exciting interviews that are on deck. If you have a unique story that you think the world needs to know about uh, or you want to sponsor an upcoming show, please let me know. Finally, if you're a business in the low country who's looking to expand or relocate your business, or if you're listening to us from somewhere outside the Charleston area and you're considering moving your business to the low country, please give me a call or email me. I'll be happy to show you how to grow your business here in Charleston. All of my contact information will be uh, in the notes to this podcast. With that, thank you one last time to RJ. Thank you to the listeners for downloading and tuning in. Go out there, everyone, and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, 
downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E dot com.